What's going on, my people? This is Wale from the Pregame Podcast. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, and wherever you listen to podcasts. We love y'all, and until next time, peace. All right, man, we back. We back. On a short week, too. But who the fuck cares? We are blessed and highly favored. We are live. It's December 9th. It's Thursday. And we bought the pod. Kud isn't here. So, sorry, guys, for all of the DJ Incredible and Red Velvet Hive. We don't have any of him for you today. And I know that crushes you. Because after the last episode, I, I know you're just dying for more of those hot takes that he doesn't stand tall on. Um, <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> I had to take one dig at my brother, man. But fuck it. It's, he DJs on Thursdays, um, so he ain't with us. But Bree is here. Queen Bree is here. And Wale is here. How are you, Bree? You good? You all right? I'm, I'm okay. We're going to get you. We're going to have you feeling good. And then we have a returning guest. He hasn't been on a pod in, poof, shit, at least seven, eight months. Man, maybe a couple years. I don't know. But this, this is my guy, man. My my track brother, my CCRI brother from way back, 09. 09, dog. My nigga, we known each other for a grip. Yeah, man. Bless up. My man, Loso, in case you ain't, Loso's in the building. How you feeling, brother? Don't go. Can't complain, man. Word. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you to. Anytime you speak, you know what I'm saying. Don't put your telemarketer voice on because <laughs> we need to hear you. But good to have you here. Thanks for being here. And, and whenever you're comfortable, you can chime in and all that shit. Let's get into. Of course. Uh, let's get into checking. Want me to go first? I'm gonna go first. All right. Boom. So I had a pretty solid week. All things considered, y'all know what's going on with me. I have a death in the family that it's gonna be. You know that process is gonna be. Beginning or concluding, depending on how you look at it, <laughs> on Saturday. Yep. But Monday had a, a check-in. I'm in this, Los, you don't know this. I'm in, um, I'm in this leadership cohort. It's called the Equity Leadership Initiative through the Round Foundation, and it's 31 uh, people of color from different industries. Yep. We meet once a month for six hours and go through different workshops that tailor our different our different personal skills and blah blah blah. Well, anyway, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what you do. So I'm not I, surprised. I appreciate it, brother. So Monday, I had a check in with one of our trainers from our first two sessions back in September and October, and there is, uh, there's a there's a, a manual called the inter there's a curriculum called the inter intercultural in, uh, development inventory, and so basically it's similar to a Myers Briggs test or a personality test, but it's designed specifically to track how all of us, people who are minorities, people of color, how they view themselves in worlds and spaces that are predominantly white. So I had to take this assessment back in October. First time doing this. First time doing it ever, yeah. Took this assessment back in October. It was a series of 75 questions, I believe. And so... Hold on, I'll break this down to y'all real quick. So it's called it's called an intercultural development inventory. That's what the test is called, or the assessment is called. And so your IDI individual profile report 
provides valuable information about your own mindset, skill set, and skill set toward cultural difference and cult commonality. You gain valuable insights about how you engage cultural differences by reflecting on both past and current cross-cultural events or situations you have been or you have been in or involved in. Your IDI profile results can help you increase your own cultural self and other understanding around such differences and commonalities. What are the metrics? I'm about to show you right now. All right, so um, the capability to shift your perception, uh, your perspective, or adapt behavior to cultural difference and commonality. Okay, is it, a, is it based in comparison? I agree. It, I strongly agree. I strongly five different, five, the, it's five different mindsets. So there's the monocultural mindset, which is you can make sense of cultural differences and commonalities based on your own values and practices. Um, you use broad stereotypes to identify cultural difference. You lead, uh, oh, and it leads to less complex perceptions of your experiences, blah, blah, blah. So that's, it's, so boom, wait, it's, how look. Do they ask, how do they ask the questions? The questions aren't on here. This is literally the break. But you took it. How did they ask the questions? Is what I'm asking. They asked it like a Myers Briggs test, like a personality test. Like, oh, if you were in a, if you were at a social net, uh, a networking event and you were the only person of color in the room, would you A, blah, 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 B, blah, 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 C, blah, blah, blah. And you had four choices for each question, 75 questions. Once you completed it, you just submitted the answers, but you don't get the answers or the results, the facilitator gets the results. And so this, what I'm about to share with you is the high level score that I got from those questions. And here's the spectrum um, for the con continuum. There's the monocultural mindset and it's broken down into denial, polarization, minimization, acceptance, adapt and adaptation. So those are the five. For denial, an orientation that recognizes more observable cultural differences, example, food, but may not notice deep cultural differences, um, example, conflict resolution styles between different ethnic groups and may avoid or withdraw from such differences if it becomes too hot, something that white people do all the time, people of color too, but on a different level. Polarization is um, described as an orientation that views cultural difference in terms of us, us and them, separation. This ranges from one, a more uncritical view towards one's own culture value, cultural values and practices coupled with an overly critical view toward other cultural values and practices. And then two, defense, an overly critical view towards one's own culture values and practices and an uncritical view toward other cultural values and practices. Reversal. Um, minimization. Understanding that there is a cultural com commonality universal values and principles that might also match deeper recognition and appreciation of cultural differences. Acceptance, an orientation that recognizes and appreciates patterns of cultural difference and commonality in one's own and other cultures. And adaptation, which is an orientation that can shift cultural perspective and change behavior in culturally appropriate and authentic ways. Now, for the listener, I apologize for getting all of this jargon and reading all this shit to y'all. We don't usually get this. Yeah, we don't usually get this educated with y'all on the pod. But um, the arrow, go back to that. Yeah, that's the that's the top five. That's the okay. So yeah. monocultural mindset is on this side. The polarization and the denial, denial being the worst, and then the intercultural mindset 
is in between acceptance and adaptation. So um, we get graded on a so boom for both of y'all. Y'all can take a look. So here's how I here's my perceived perception. I thought I was in acceptance. So you can like so. This is where I thought I was, mm-hmm. based on the questions I answered. So it says, your perceived orientation score indicates that you rate your own capability and understanding and appropriately adapt to cultural differences within acceptance. Blah, 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 blah. All right. And then here's my actual score. Okay. So I thought I was in acceptance. I was 33.9 points behind, and I'm actually still in minimiz- minimiz- minimization, which isn't a bad thing. It's it's better than being down here. Um it basically just means that I'm in a space where, I mean, you guys can read it and, and I can keep talking. But, yeah, so there's the gap, the points, 33.19. Um, and this is telling me I overestimated my level of intercultural competence and may be surprised, blah, 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 by my developmental score, which I was. I can't front because I definitely thought that <clears throat> I was a lot better at talking to people from other cultures and like learning from them. But yeah. I also realized that only speaking one language is a is a barrier that makes me self-conscious about even wanting to stay in a conversation with folks that I cannot communicate with verbally for more than a few minutes. And so it makes sense that I'm I like we're human. I love you. We have different cultures, but there's not a lot that I can learn from you if we can't communicate if we can't speak to each other you know what i'm saying um and that's basically what this shit is bro i mean it was very interesting to have you know the facilitator the doctor she's a professor at umass Lowell or yep. umass.myth uh she's laotian cambodian uh southeast asian dr fitzame super dope and um yeah, it was just a very I don't know, I'm good. It was a very eye-opening experience to to like hear that and to see the numbers and I still got more work to do on my on my individual personal development, but I'm on the right track. And this was important because in the work like how many of your bosses are white? All of them. How many of your bosses are white? All of them. Just say all of them. No, 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 no. Like three of them? Like three. That's a lot. Out of how many, though? Six? Four. That's a lot? Four. That's like 50-50. So she got eight eight people that that can tell her what to do. Four white, the other four all black. Okay. So, So, like, but, so that, that molds how she is as an employee and how she conducts herself in the workplace based on eight different personalities. You know what I'm saying? And so that's pretty much what this is doing because my boss has been white. My boss has been a white woman for the last six and a half years. All of my colleagues have been white women with the exception of our work study and our interns and shit like that who are students of color, but they're also not in a position to, you know, tell, like, you know, instruct me on what to do and what I need to, you know what I mean? So having to take my lead I take my instructions and be led by somebody who does not look like me, that contributes to how I treat her and other people around me. If I had a leader of color, it might be different. It might be worse. It could be better. Who the fuck knows? But the whole purpose of this assessment is to get you to start thinking about, oh, shit. So I minimize my personality 
and I literally am censoring parts of myself so I can move freely and navigate in these different spaces professionally. Now, this thing, like, like this test that you took, like, mm-hmm. is it something that's just for the, for the public, or is it something that was, like, really orchestrated? It, no, it's for the people in my class. I mean, this is a pup, college students take this shit, grad students take this shit, but I wanted to share it because I'm super vulnerable on this podcast, bro. I talk yeah. about everything. Yeah. And so, I just think it was super dope to be able to have... Because you're a very strongly opinionated person. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you speak on things and you're passionate about most of the stuff mm-hmm. you speak on. So seeing that, you know, makes me open my open up my eyes a little bit more to, you know, like the way you express yourself and the way you see it on based off of that score that they gave you. You think I, you think the perception is right, wrong? I like think, I, I think it's 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 headed down the the accuracy of of what you've perceived, yeah. like well, the the image that you've yeah. pictured because, of me and because, my because because you're passionate in what you say and what you say is what you believe in. Gotcha. And, and there's not much that can really change your mind, even even though you even though you're willing to listen to it. For sure. Yeah. yeah, that's accurate, and that's part of the that's pretty much how I answered the questions, and that's why I came down to minimalization because my mind can't be swayed. Mm-hmm. I'll listen, of course. Like, you're a human being, I'm a human being, we're both adults, we're from two different backgrounds, two different stories, blah, 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 blah. But you can talk to me for six hours, we can have an amazing conversation, and at the end of the six hours, I still believe what I believe. And I'm still not going to bend or or fold to, like, try to do what you do or what's acceptable in your culture, I'm not going to do that. And that's what, it it, it was perfect. I I was like, damn, minimalization, I don't, I'm not a minimalist, nigga, what the fuck you're talking, but that's not what it was. When she, when she broke it down to me, it was like, I have the ability to adapt, listen, be cordial. And that's the thing, like I'm cordial with whoever until I see from their energy, like, nah, I can't. I can't rock with this nigga, yo. I don't care who this is. Your like. principles, like just your principles when it comes to certain things. For sure. And when it comes to different cultures, bro, there are, there are a lot of cultures that just got shit backwards. We were just talking about something offline about, you know, African culture and people being stuck in certain mindsets when they're much older. But it's wild because shit that was unacceptable for my dad and your pops and your mom and, you know, it's a full-on norm now. Like, my father asked me if I was a faggot when he saw me with my ears pierced. Mm-hmm. I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? No. I just... It's an accessory. Like, yeah. it's... I'm This is how we dress. But he don't get that. And he tried to explain it to me again, too, yesterday. I'm like, Pop, you're never gonna... I'm 32, bro. It's yeah. like, I wear jewelry. You wear a watch. You wear a gold chain, all that shit. Where does that come from? Was that in Nigeria? Y'all niggas had gold chains? I think not. So, like, what are we talking about? But anyway, that was my check-in. I feel like that's where slavery meets toxic masculinity. Yeah. What? Gold chains? Racism meets toxic masculinity. With chains and jewelry? Circumstances where... Circumstances. It's like you can't do anything effeminate. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Big time. You're not wrong. But, uh, yeah, man. So, Bree, check-in. How how are you? Mine shit was long-winded as hell. I apologize. That's okay. It was a conversation. There are always conversations, check-ins. But I'm okay. Um, I'm okay. Do we have to ride on some fools this weekend? All right. Nope. When she does the bottom lip pop out, she telling the <laughs> truth. All right. This is long we don't got because I can get style. We can get we can get a little willing. Put them in a little bag. 
ride the fuck out, throw that nigga in the back seat, dump on any any fools that, you know what I mean? You just let us know. Star, I know you listening, yo. Get Willard ready. Get the water gun and the other strap, the real strap. So you just died. That's all you want. That you want to leave. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm all right. It was an interesting week. It's the end of my week, so I haven't been feeling too good. So shout out to having a day off early. End of my week, and I'm going to rest. I thought you was about to say, "Go to Disneyland." Like, nigga, you got money. Let me hold six dollars. Okay, low so check in, bro. How you feeling, King? Can't complain. Good week. Good family, healthy. Everybody good. Yes, you know, taking one day at a time. You know, just understanding this in call life, Mm -hmm. uh, accepting things that I can't change. Word. um, And just making the best out of it. Word. What's one thing that you learned in the last two months? A positive, negative. Like, what's one thing that you learned in the last couple months? Whether it's about yourself or about this crazy, this brazy thing called life. Um, just because you remove yourself from a situation doesn't mean that it can't come back to, you mm. know. Tell us more about that. Shit. And say it with your chest. Tell it. I, I want to know more. Yeah. I know what you mean, but our listeners, we got like 35 of them. Yeah. Let them know what, let me know what you mean by that, brother. You know, when you think you, you know, you, you take yourself out of a situation and... You think you're removed from it and, you know. Like a relationship, relationship. with a friend be, or an intimate partner or something like that? It could be a relationship. It could just be someone, you know, that comes into your life or, you know, left your life. You know, just when you think you have it all figured out, you know, and then, it, you know, slaps you, you know, dead in the face. It just makes you think about life a little bit more and it makes you be more humble. You know, it makes you try to prepare so you don't put yourself in those type of situations again. Mm-hmm. You know. Word. And that's how you handled it? Yes. This is some like reflection and yeah. what was the what was the ultimate decision that you had to make? Do you are you still cool with this person or that's it? Are you still in that situation? Are you adjacent to it or is it done altogether now? Uh, you know, just adjusting. You know, I adjusted to the situation and you know, for the greater good, you know, that's mm-hmm. how I looked at it. So, you know, I try not to, you know, overanalyze it, just go with it. You know, like I said, you know, if you could change it. You're going to. If you can't, then you just got to roll with it. Word. So, you know, just making the best of the situation for it. Word. Absolutely. That's that, bro. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Appreciate you, bro. So, Bree, you have our first topic of the evening, my dear. Yes. Um. So, one of my favorite songs to play when I feel like somebody's trying me is Try Jesus by Toby Nguyen. New Wingway. I don't know. I'm not. I'm I'm not Ebo, so I'm not. Do we have a snippet? Oh, you never heard that song? I probably have. Try Jesus. I got you. I got you. I play it because you're the one who's talking. So I'll I'll be on Ox Duty. Um, and I really like the song. He got other songs I like. He got a song with Eric. Is this new? Is it something that's been out? It came out in the summertime, I believe, or late spring. Late spring and it was like all over everything. Yeah. Yeah. And what, and what about it? Um. Try Jesus. 
music. Yeah, we don't own the rights. Don't sue us, Toby. That's his voice? Yeah. Okay. He's singing rap. He melodic with it. Like it gives you the blues feeling. He does everything. Neo soul, R and B, hip hop. He's a talented brother. Very talented. He's a student of music. <laughs> and he Nigerian, so I expect that energy. Shout out to Toby. In one way, I don't know how to say so, that. So, um, I was scrolling through Facebook as I do, and somebody made a post about his relationship with his now wife, um, who was his fiance at the time of the video that I showed you. Yep. Um, and so in this video, um, they had been discussing their relationship. And basically said, like, it's not love, for lack of a better term. Oh, that's what I heard when I read, when I read. So I was like, okay. And there was basically like that he is abusive to her and he didn't want her and he settled for her. Verbally or physically? Huh? Say again? You said abusive. He's verbally abusive. abusive. He's verbally abusive. And that he didn't, um, and also said that he didn't, um, actually love her. He settled for her because she was something okay for him. They have kids together and stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have like three kids. Three kids. Yeah, man. And he settled. No, no, no. This is like back in... They were talking about the origin. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know how long ago so, it was. But his oldest you know, kid is like six, video, seven years old. Yeah. You know how in the video they talk about their story? Yep. Well, one of the reasons why people bring that up is because they used to have a Facebook page like four years ago where they told their story. Yep. So when they go on interviews and stuff like that, they ask about the story. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like what happened on the story. Okay. And they basically what they said was she, he met her a while back, but he had his own nonprofit. He was starting whatever. She had decided that she liked him. He had decided I don't like you. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not trying to deal with you like that. Like we could be cool, but yeah. I ain't trying to be with you like that. And she's like, okay, well. I had that conversation. Maybe we're just meant to be friends. That's cool. Yep. She goes to like be his friend, and then all of a sudden, he decides that he wants to be with her. But then he decided that he really didn't want to be with her. I guess probably because he hadn't really, he hadn't really let go of those things that he listed, right? Those three things, and then. When he want actually wanted to get with her, she wanted really not nothing to do with him because she's like nah. And her mentor told her basically, if he shows you that he changed and he told you that he changed, why don't you give him a chance and like try believing? So she's like, okay, they give it a try. They married three kids. Mm-hmm. So when people said what they said, I was like, I was trying to understand what the issue was that made that so problematic because they had labeled it basically problematic a problematic relationship yep i still don't understand i don't think the people that were going off the rails one knew all the information you just explained two give a fuck whether or not it's a healthy relationship or not they just want to go they want to trend 
that's what Twitter is, or whatever. And, and they, like, I don't think that they really got it. Because a lot of relationships are like that. How many times have we heard stories of, oh, I, I didn't even look at her like that at first. I wasn't even checking for this nigga. I wasn't checking, like, there's so many older couples in Hollywood actors, actresses, producers, whatever. It's just how it goes. It just it's how it goes, man. Like this shit is like this shit I couldn't tell you how I ended up with a lot of the females I messed with. I could horniness. They get with Junior. Yeah, it's a good point. But I'm talking about the ones I actually ended up in relationships with where it was longer than just a fling or you know what I'm saying? Word. I, I couldn't tell you how it led to that. You know what I mean? It was Comfortability. It was, you know, what I mean, I, that's know, a huge. That's had, the number one. I was one happy thing. at the moment. Or this person, you know, what I mean, showed me something that I you know, entertained. What for me to be in there a little bit longer? Word. You know what I mean? Like I saw potential in it. You know that. That's, All that's of that is valid, and that's probably what he didn't want to see. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to, we have to get real with ourselves. And I've told Bree this several times on this pod. Because I, I, I brought women that I dated or wanted uh, were thinking about dating. I brought like seven different women on this podcast. Yeah. And the more they want to be around me, the less I want to be around them. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't. And it's because I can feel the desperation. Don't be desperate. It's a, it's unattractive. But there's a difference. For men and women, that shit is unattractive. But it, if, go ahead. Yeah, but there's a difference between the way you go about it and how most men go. When, you, for example, you you're upfront and honest, like what what a female gets with you is what. What she about gets. you? I'm not gonna lie, I've led females out. I can't even lie, and you're it's dickhead. You, but but here's the thing: <laughs> in the moment, you're not thinking like, oh, I mean, I'm leading her on. You're not thinking that. You know Are you mean? leading her on because you want sex? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I can't. That's like, some honesty for your ass. It hap- <laughs> yo, it happens more than you think. Like Bro, I used to do it back in the day, like twenty one to twenty four. Yes, of course. When you're that young, like yeah, the, 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 once like, I hit twenty five, like plotting with your friends, you're talking about these type of things right before you go in. You're talking about these things in a moment. For sure. Of, okay, I bagged this one. What did you get? Yeah, I'm pointing out this one off. It's yo, you go through them type of you know phases when you're that young. You know, as you get older, you know, you start to try to take more responsibility for yourself. Absolutely, you know, and, I mean? and you can't you, stick your dick in everything. Yeah, for example, you you've you've held that responsibility back then till now, where <laughs> that's just who you are. Like I'm saying, like there's no half stepping with you when it comes to females in relationships. Like a female's gonna know what Wally's about at that moment. You know what I'm saying for some of you know for some of my friends and for me at one point, you know, what I mean, like I. You know, I, I, you know, I did and dabbed in not being honest, you know what mm. I mean? And it's got me in some trouble and it hasn't got me in some trouble at all. But like, it's just part of life. I'm but you, you but you understood what the risk was yes. to play that game. Yes. Gotcha. Definitely, definitely. That's a risky game. It's a very risky game. Yeah. And it's a stressful one, one that I wouldn't recommend. Yeah. It's a thin line between love and hate is based on that. Literally, bro. And listen, Mar- I stand up. Martin got everything he deserved and he should have died. I really wanted Brandy to kill his ass. I'm I'm sad that he got away. But I'm also kind of confused as how Brandy got out so quick. <laughs> but at the end of the movie, they got the wind blowing in her hand. I'm like, damn, this bitch is out already? She shot a nigga, <laughs> tried to kill him with a fucking head. Man, that was wild. But he earned every... He lied so hard to get that pussy, bro. He lied to his boy. He lied to her several times. Stalked her. 
Went to her job, pretended to buy a house that he know he couldn't afford. There's, there's some people let's, who let's just can't feel Maggie's bad. Maggie's love was just toxic. We'll talk about that after the my like, nigga. That's why. Like that's crazy. But go ahead, go ahead. We get your shit off. Um, I just I'm I'm trying to understand because normally we love that type of love story if it has to do with a woman and a man. Society loves that type of shit, where the man is, the I mean, the woman is the one who's rejecting the man and downplaying the man and yeah. all of these things. The but we are also right. love the other version of it, where the where the girl, the nerdy girl, <clears throat> takes off her glasses and all of a sudden she's she's like, a whole new person. She's all that. Freddie Prince Jr. Usher. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? We know. So I was like, I'm trying to figure out what the problem is with this. Because what's for one person doesn't have to be for you. Right. You don't have to shit on somebody else's birthday cake choices. You're right. But Brie, you know that's the internet, man. You know these niggas are dumb. I just feel like it just makes like women as a whole. My listen. It was mainly women that was yes. saying shit. But on other things, there was some men too, and the the men were saying similar things, but not the same. So the men similar say, things as Toby? No. Or as the women? No, similar things to like, he kind of does get a little too excited to tell that story. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. But that's him remembering a fond memory of something that he lived. That's a, That's him being excited about an experience that to him was validation of him living like, in his own truth. For example, when, when I hear him tell that story, it's come. It's it's coming. I'm, not so much that it's a cool, like it's a cool um story to tell, but it's coming from a cool point of view when he says it. Like when he's delivering it, it sounds like, oh man, like I'm saying, this girl was head over heels over him. You know, like yeah. I'm saying, like this this man could have did the worst to her, and she still would have stuck he's around. Entertaining. Yeah, he's entertaining. So when you listen to what he's saying, so which is part of the I reason get why she was attracted to him, his charisma. Think? His charisma, his confidence. I mean, a black man in Houston, Texas, a Nigerian with a nonprofit that's helping kids and feeding kids and putting clothes on their back yes, and all okay, this other shit. And he's it. doing music and he's a poet and he's doing poetry slams and all that. Like, he's an artist. Yeah. You can't put that nigga in one box. He paints, he draws, he writes. He does all kinds of shit. And he does everything in-house, which is why he's such a... An important staple in hip hop because he does everything. It was his confidence, the confidence that he had that draws you in. Yeah, that, there's, that there's also that series that the, I told you they posted shows a little bit more of their interaction, but it doesn't yep. show background. So like, he was trying to create an aesthetic with with, with them telling a story. So he had them in every frame. He, he was sitting between her legs and she was doing his hair. Yeah. Because he didn't want to just be sitting and talking in front of the camera, I guess. Yep. But when she stopped doing his hair, he paused her and was like, yeah, we got to keep doing the hair because he's he's like, this is the vision that he has. Yeah. And people are like, oh, she's getting passionate about how she feels. And he just cut her off so that she can continue doing his hair. And I'm like, I don't necessarily have a problem if they agreed that she would keep doing his hair as the show went on. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. If that was a central part of the show in the way that it, the way that it was supposed to run, and she was missing those cues that you guys have both agreed upon, yeah. then you might have to prompt her. 
Because you know the story. It's not like you're hearing it for the first time. And I think a lot of people internalized it as though he was hearing it for the first time. When they had to have had this conversation hundreds oh, yeah. of times before this, before they was comfortable having Definitely. it in front of the whole goddamn internet. Definitely. Yeah. So I... I Maybe there's something you, that I'm you missing. Could, you could see the chemistry in the storytelling. When, you know what I mean? When he says what he, what he says and then she jumps into it. Like well, what little did he know, I was looking for a new nigga too. Like, and she was dead ass right. And she, I believed her. I believed both of them. Um, at the end of the day, Bree, I tell you this all the time, man. Fuck. Do you think, do you think, get wrapped up into that? Them niggas are stupid. Ahead, was, was it, do you think she's still bothered by it till the day about certain things? I think it bothers both of them because in hindsight, we all know that hindsight is twenty twenty, And for Toby to miss it because of his arrogance and his ego, something that was right in front of him. Yeah. I'll give anybody an opportunity as long as they come at me correct. I might be put off a little bit by the um, insistence, like... Hey, how are you, Wale? Hey, I'm here again. Hey. Like, if I had a, a groupie that showed up to every comedy show, like my next seven comedy shows, and she was attractive, she looked good, but, like, the fact that she's always like, so where's your next one? Like, that type of shit. Because even if even if Fat wasn't doing that, that is the way I'm perceiving it in my mind. Because that's the way you told the story. Yeah, but... That's that's the way it comes off. Even he, in, he led the story. He led the story. He did oh, for sure. And for so sure. It was, she just fell into the story, as you know, and she and she explained her point. But like he he had he had already over explained. But he didn't he didn't I, he I didn't try to clown her though. He no. was he was just like yo like I what he was because we're at, you're African. We're all African. You niggas are Cape Verdean. I'm Nigerian. Yes. Oh full blood. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> what part? Bravo. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. I swear to There you go. Bonding. That's what's up. So we're all West African, right? You guys are on the island, on the side of the island. I'm on the, in the mainland, right? But this nigga, he heard it the way he wanted to hear it. And, like, in his mind, he probably was like, yo, this chick is thirsty. Da, da, da. Yeah. Mind you, this is like a decade and ago. Because he's, he's, he he's your age. He's that's like 34 years old. That's the, that's the picture he painted. When I was that's watching the picture, it, that's Yeah, the that's the picture he painted, but, like, with less sauce on it. Can I tell you why I think he nah, painted was No, it was a lot of sauce, bro. It, it, the way he said it, it didn't come off as arrogant. And yes, because now it's his wife, and yeah. he can't do that. Yeah. Like he can't embarrass her. Go ahead, Bree. You said you wanted to. Why well, I think that he painted that picture the way it did, he did because he felt like that made him seem more cool. Yeah, because it's not society doesn't deem it as the norm for a woman to approach a man. That's a fact. And part of me believes that, like, he wasn't. Shout out to Sister Star, man. I feel like he wasn't ready to accept that. Yeah. And he Nigerian. He definitely wasn't ready it, to accept I feel like it had to be on his terms. A thousand percent. And that's what he made it seem. And you know what? It's a toxic approach to finding your love, your wife, your life partner. But he found her. Or she found him. And he made the right choice at the end of the day because she does everything for him that he won't do himself or can't do himself. Anything that he needs to delegate in terms of 
the production of all of his videos and the music and the da 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 and the artists and the graphic designers and the all that shit. Whatever Toby doesn't do himself, Fat does for him. And and they're a, a great partnership in that aspect. Take away the fact that they have three beautiful kids together in the marriage and all of that. Like as business partners, if you're gonna look at the letter of the law for what a marriage license is supposed to be, they are doing that shit. They have a business together, they run it as a as a as a duo, and they just keep grinding. They push out content every fucking week. As independent, he's independent. That's we can't like he was the first. He opened up the VT Awards, didn't he? Yes, yes. This year, this year. Well, um, last year, oh, uh, because it was virtual. But like this nigga is he is what Chance the Rapper was when he first came out as independent and then made one good album or mixtape and then the second album was trash. He stayed true to the independent identity and to his core and what his love is. And I think he puts the right inspirations around him. Fat is that number one inspiration. His kid's number two. And then everything else that he experiences in life is second. But like out of Houston, out of H-Town, right now it's Meg Thee Stallion, UGK, and that nigga. I'm just saying. <laughs> you forgot somebody. Who I forget? You nigga. So Bum B, you ain't gonna throw oh Beyonce? Nigga, fuck her. <laughs> she's she's fourth on the list for sure. Beehive, come fight me, nigga. Try Jesus. <laughs> but don't try me. Cause I throw hands on your girl and your daughter. Well, open hands, not close fists. But anyway, um, what else do you want to say on this topic, Bree? Because this is your shit. This is your baby. I don't know. I just think it's really interesting. I found it interesting that majority of the women thought a specific way. Like, you know that what she was just talking about, the, the assessment that she took? I would yeah. love to conduct those assessments. On I humans. would love to develop those assessments because I like to study, like to study people. And there's this thing they do yearly where they survey a bunch of people. And Family Feud is just that, a survey of a bunch of people in a specific location that they felt like had the most universal answers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the top answers from where they, wherever they surveyed that. Yeah. You have to guess how The top answers is on the board. Like, think. But it was very interesting to me because the storylines that um, women are told is like the be saved and the storyline that men are being told is do the saving to lead to the saving mm-hmm. so if it's ever looking like something different i feel like people reject it you're not wrong i don't think you're wrong what I are you thinking no no i see it i like i definitely see what you're saying but at the same time, a lot of females want the power that a man has. But when they're given that power, they don't use it how you would want them to use it. It's, it's, they, they abuse it the same way. Well, here's my thing. You can't... I, I get what you're saying. I feel like you're saying that you can't 
want to take the position of your oppressor. Yes. I can see that. Like, like how you explain it. Yeah. You shouldn't want to take the position of your oppressor because it was wrong for you to be oppressed. Or else you wouldn't have a problem with it. But here's the thing. When you... When, when you're being told a man is, supp is supposed to provide, a man is supposed to provide. So everything that comes with providing, a man is supposed to do, right? That's what we know from generations. What we're told that that that's how right. that's how life is supposed to be. All right, let me play this for y'all, niggas, man. Because you're a female, have some money. Because you followed me back. I'm going to try to say this as delicately as I possibly can, but money is quite literally the only thing a lot of cishet men bring to the table. No, because really think about it. Most of you guys can't stay faithful. Most of you don't possess emotional intelligence, so women are left doing the emotional labor in the relationship. Most of y'all don't carry your weight when it comes to the housework or the children. I'm convinced some of these and women most of you guys black can't satisfy some women black sexually, men black women. which means the bulk of your value stems from how much money you make. On top of that, a lot of cishet men don't even like women, so why are we acting like this isn't a two-way street? The same way women will enter relationships with men solely for money is the same way in which men I enter relationships for her. with women for consistent sex. Women don't seek out men with money because we're just manipulative users by nature. It's because we see through men, and we know that if we attach ourselves to someone who barely sees us as a person, we may as well be getting something out of it. Because you're a female, have some money. Did y'all see the original video? This brother, he like this. basically had like two thousand dollars in his hand, in all hundreds, and then he had a bunch of different questions on his TikTok. Because you're a female, have some money. Because you have nice eyelashes, have some money. But like just naming all of the nonsensical reasons why men have to be providers, right? Here's the thing about that. Go ahead. I disagree with her on a lot of things, but I think one of the things is the way that society was structured, that kind of position is what benefited men when women were at their lowest. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, for sure. I can see that. So we can't ignore that fact. We're not ignoring yeah, like, it. You, you but you but I was trying to break down why the video, the original, because that wasn't the original video. That was the response to the dude saying, because you're a woman, have some money. Because I'm the man and you're the, like, because we live together and I make more than you, like, or whatever, have some money. It was like, it was supposed to be a joke, but it was also a touch on gender roles and gender norms in a relationship. That was her response. Most of y'all, what's the benefit outside of, money because y'all niggas are trash emotionally you don't have any emotional awareness emotional intelligence is at an all-time low uh yeah your dick ain't really shit because you you're out to fuck for you you don't really care if we get ours like all of this shit that she's listening it's like baby girl you're generalizing like a motherfucker for everybody yeah That's you're, ge thing. you're generalizing like a motherfucker and it's not just for black people that's why it's for men it it's for pains the situation like, that's that's my thing is like she's speaking from a place of like hate from her yeah for sure you can tell and she's probably like 26 she don't even look that old she might be younger than that thing from, from where she's coming from you can be sympathetic to what she's saying i can be because she's coming a place from of hate arising from her yeah there are some people who hate just has arisen she's triggered from hate she's triggered by this the video hate from her so for it might have reminded her of how somebody may have treated her yep. badly at some point and she had to put all but she, when you paint a brush over a group of people, you're no better than the group of people who painted a brush over your group of people. Yep. Facts, man. So you have to be careful. 
I I'm looking for a a fucking slimy motherfucker at any point. They might they might be three years old. They might be fifty six. They might be male. They might be female. They might be transgender. They might be whatever. Yeah. But I'm always looking out for a shady motherfucker to make sure that they're not close to. Me. Yeah, word. That, that part that part's very important because you don't want that type of element to rub over. And, was it, and you can see that you know, and it's hard to hide that type of behavior. Bro, it's it's the only. But I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say that all men display these specific traits or all women display these specific traits, because we are all human and we all display similar traits. Similar, if not the same. And what's different is definitely how we show up biologically, but that's an evolutionary difference. Bars, nigga. I know you all heard that. So if we're like if we're talking about male versus female, masculine versus feminine, uh, guys should chase, girls should chase. I I had a conversation with someone. Sorry, I had a conversation with someone this morning, and um, I had a conversation with someone. I got a bit of a migraine. I had a conversation with someone this morning. And I was talking about this topic, and I was like, but don't you like to be pursued? Don't you like to be chased? With a woman or a guy? Yes. And she was like, no, I said, don't you like to be chased? She said, no, I like to be pursued. And I was like... It's the same shit. It's just a more organized chase. Yeah. Not even. It's the same shit. There's a car pursuit on 95. There's a car chase on 95. Guess who's still getting chased by the motherfucking police? The same thing. You just worded it differently. Yeah. Because yeah, it, it wrapped it up differently. Yeah. yeah fuck out of here. It's still because a pursuit, said, nigga. Same race. Yeah. Fuck out of here. No, I like to be pursued. Bitch, you're not smarter because you but, use a, a six-letter word instead of a five-letter but word. But my thing is everybody wants to be pursued. Not me. Now me, I want to do the pursuing, but I want to know once I I start, the, I want to I wanna hunt. But once I start the hunt, I want them. I want the motherfucking prey to know that I'm hunting, and I'm about to bite you in that ass. And I want <laughs> you to slow down so I can get a good grip on it when I arr, bite that. You ass. want it to be worth it. Yes, but I don't want you to fucking bite my ass. That's the difference. That's the difference, Bree. That's all I'm saying. So, do you want to be the see, hunter? See, I'm different than him. Because for me, I wouldn't mind. I don't mind it, but what I what did we both talk about earlier? It's a women don't really know how to pursue smoothly without making it feel like, oh, nigga, get oh, away from me. Time, yeah, yeah it, it, it becomes too abrasive. And they're getting their cues from men who have done that to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I view it. Because a lot of niggas don't know how to be like, excuse me, blah, 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 blah. So like, yo, shorty. Yo, what's up, ma? Like, niggas is mad, lazy. So that's trash. That, that is such trash. But that's how niggas do it. And so, but, and it's so uncreative that you, like, what the fuck? Women hear it fucking 50 times a week. Like, uh. But when they pursue a guy, it's like, it's too emotional early on. And you know we're not like that. You know black men specifically are not like that. You can't be like, oh my God. Well, hey, you're so you're so insightful, and you speak so so differently than all the other guy. Like you're so educated and da da da. You so so articulate, and it's like, all right, cool, I can deal with all that. But then when you're like, oh my god, like this is an actual date. We're in a real restaurant. You paid the tip, like, yo, for real. 
Didn't we? Yo, we did a we did a, a review of a date on Auburn Preach with the Indian black girl that dated the Indian dude, and was like, "Damn, you got a kid. Everything was perfect. I knew something was too good to be true." And she stopped talking to the nigga because he said, "I got a three year old or whatever." Remember, we talked about that. It was on Auburn Preach. The black girl went on to like yoga or some shit with the with the Indian nigga who was like seven years older than her. And she found out he had a kid. Actually, well, he, he said, well, I got to let you know I have a kid. But he ended up having three kids and only told her about the first one initially to see if it was okay. But, like, with situations like that, it's like, bro, I want you to be yourself. You don't have to throw on an act for me. If you're a woman who's trying to pursue me, you shoot me a shot. We have a friend who shot her motherfucking shot. We we have a friend that shot her fucking shot. And question to you, brother. If you are in a committed relationship with somebody for a long time and you guys are just still shacking up together, but there was no engagement, no marriage, no nothing, would you accept a proposal from your partner? They get on one knee, they don't ask your parents, your guardians, your loved one. Would he accept a proposal from his partner? We're talking about gender norms, right? Would you accept if 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 old girl was like, "Hey, Loso, would you be my husband?" It would down on one knee, male fucking engagement ring in the box. Well, me personally, I was I would respect it more behind closed doors than in front of people because mm. because seeing seeing it is is from values from what I know. The optics of it man, don't look good. A man is supposed to post a woman. So you don't like the objects of it in no, public. No. But if it happened in private, would you accept? There's a good chance. It's a good if chance. the love is mutual. Yeah. Gotcha. Because to, cause for me, for me, I'm a private person. Yeah. So, for example, what what I can do behind closed doors, I could do in front of someone else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? With her, it could be the same thing. But just this is a, this is my ego talking. Of course. Like, yeah. I, like I, I wouldn't want my woman to propose to me. I wouldn't want that. You want to propose to her? I want to propose to her because I feel like this is what I should do. If this is what I want, I'm saying. This is what I should so, do. Let's oh, follow up question. So reverse, and it's, and it's the Western standard of proposal, and you are the person making the proposal. Because you are a private person, do you still prefer the proposal to be in private, or can it be in public now that you're the person that's making the ask? It could be either or. But... Okay. For example, if I know her family, and I know her family is the type of people you need to speak to to do this, you're gonna do that. I have to do that. I'm saying. But after that's done, let's say all that's done. Fast forward all that shit. You talk to your parent. Your your family is good with it. They love her. They give it okay. You go over there. You talk to her people. They're like, absolutely, we love you. Bomb bomb loso. Let's do this. Bomb. Can you make that same proposal, that same ask in public? Yes. All right. Bomb. Just wanted to. Just wanted to clarify, Bree. I mean, the the confidence would be different behind closed doors than in person. Cause you know, you, I mean, not in person, but like the, the confidence would be different between me and her being in a room. I would feel more confident speaking to her compared to you know with a bunch of people watching us do this. And it's Word. Like, okay, it feels like okay, I, I have to say the right thing compared to if I'm behind closed doors. Yeah. No matter what I say, I, I don't care how it comes out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying so. The point Which gets- one is a bigger gesture. In, uh, be, uh, in person with, around families and all that. Hell yeah. Around people. You need a show. Yeah. 
You need a show. You got to like you have to keep a particular tone, a particular what you say, like because you want to present it in a way that's not disrespecting anybody, or in a way where it's I'm saying it's serious compared to you know I mean you can joke and laugh when you're behind closed doors. Yep. I'm saying with your significant other, where 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 you in public. You're gonna understand there's certain people in her family, there's generations of people there that you're I'm saying that you am saying that's not used to being around you guys in that aspect. So you have to make sure that you do it the right way. So you so you're preparing for it, you know, when you're doing it in front of people compared to behind closed doors. Word. No, optics is I don't is care everything. what I got on, I don't care how I look. Yeah. I'm saying? No, it's gotta be it's gotta be because for that, with the optics of that type of shit, and I think that's something that um, you know, unless you're going to be a woman who is going to be the one that proposes, then I really have to think about all of the logistics. That I, couldn't tell you what, I couldn't tell you what I would say in that situation. It has to be from the heart. I don't, bro. I don't know what it I would say. It has to be, bro. It has I don't know to how be. to react. I, I wouldn't know what, what, what I would. He said he wouldn't know what to do if a female. If a female did like, Either I way, it has to be from the heart. Like you can't, you're not going to be prepared for it, but like, you just have to say what you feel, bro. I don't see a female proposing if it's not from the heart. Cause I feel, cause I feel like females are a lot more emotional when it comes to certain things. Well, if if she took the time, cause a proposal is strategic. Yeah, you gotta get a date together. You gotta plan it. You gotta like venue. Did you see the black couple that got that that got engaged on Adele's live concert on CBS two weeks ago? Gorgeous, absolutely fantastic. Adele hooked up this American couple, this dude that wanted, like, they were girlfriend and boyfriend for, like, seven years. And I don't know how the fuck they did it. I don't know if Adele found them on Instagram or social Facebook. I don't know what the fuck. But Adele basically said, yo, my man, bruh, I'm going to let you propose to your girl at my concert live on CBS. And she did the launch before her, her latest album came out. And she was like, everyone, shut the fuck up. Shh, shh, quiet. Girl had headphones on and a blindfold. She didn't know where the fuck she was at. He took her to the stadium. She didn't know what the hell was going on. Bro, came out. Dude was like, yo, baby. She's like, where am I going, baby? He's like, don't worry about it. I got you. Trust me. You're good. Bum. They walk up on the stage, nigga. He gets down on one knee. And he says, all right, babe, you can take your blindfold off now. She takes off a blindfold. Adele standing right there, bro. Yeah. And she's looking. She looked to her left. She's the crowd. What the fuck is that? Oh, my God. She was losing it. And then he was like, he from the heart, he was like, I know that you've been so patient with me. I know that I've put you through the ringer, making you wonder whether or not this was going to happen type shit. And, like, went off and said a whole bunch of other shit that was just between them you know, both of them, and then asked the question, and she was like, absolutely, huh? took the ring, and they gave me a hug, and she jumped on him, and then they sat down first row next to some celebrities. She wasn't expecting that, and everyone's hugging her and kissing her, and, <laughs> and then Adele sings one of her new songs to these niggas. Was it, do you guys think there should be a time period of, when, you know, how long you should Nigga, be? Nigga, they, they, they were a boyfriend-girlfriend for, like, seven years. Do you think you dance a long time? Nigga, no. <laughs> but oh, that's me, Bree. Do you think that's a long time, Bree? I don't. Here's the problem. I don't think you can determine that. Like, it's not. There's no arbitrary number that could say this yeah. is the right amount of time that you should wait, or this is a too long to wait. You know what I mean? 
depends so would, on the person. So would you wait for somebody for 20 years if it took that long? All right, so there is a time. There is a time, <laughs> but here's the thing. There is a time, but then there's not. Because that's like saying, like, if you believe that there's somebody that you're supposed to be with, right? Mm -hmm. If you're supposed to be with that person, then you're going to be with that person. If you're supposed to achieve some goal, you're going to achieve that goal. Yep. It's That's like saying I'm going to make, like, not to compare people to goals because that's not, that's kind of like what I feel like she was doing. But yep. they, they were saying that she was doing. But, like, my thing is, like, if something's for me, it's going to be for me. If it's not for me, it's not for me. Okay. So if it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. If it's not going to happen, then it's not going to happen. Go. Does that mean necessarily that I'm waiting? It means I'm enjoying the moment. Yeah. Fires, nigga. Fires. Um, yeah, you can wrap this topic because this is your shit. Last yeah. thoughts. I just, I don't know. It just struck me because I was like, men don't deserve things because they're men and women don't deserve things because they're women. It's like, we, it's okay if that's not the kind of love that you want, but don't throw shade on it because it doesn't, it's not what you want. Like I said, don't, don't, don't shame somebody's choice in birthday cakes. How do you teach it? How do you make men understand? How do you make women understand not to look at it like that? Conversations. Mm -hmm. okay. Everything it's starts with communication, bro. But people, motherfuckers, be scarred. They rather put, use gifts and texts. They rather text and use gifts and memes than to like actually talk. Cause niggas don't know who the fuck they are. I talked about that on my IG story today. Like niggas don't know. Are you done, Bree? Mm -hmm. Let's transition. Um. So first and foremost, two rest in pieces. Rest in peace to Slim 400, uh, up-and-coming rapper based out of Cali. Died today in Compton, California, was shot to death. Rest in peace to Zen Cannon, five-month-old son of Nick Cannon, his latest-born mm -hmm. child Sorry, who died of brain cancer. So prayers to Nick Cannon, Kick Nan and, and fiance Alyssa. That's fucking crazy. That's super tragic. He, uh, the young baby passed away two days ago. Um... One of the things that I want to say oh, before... Wait, wait, wait. Also, R.I.P. the um, dude that started off with... Oh, Virgil of Blah. Yeah, we didn't say that last week. Rest in peace, Virgil, man. Uh, did we? I feel like we did, but rest in peace, Virgil. No, because we, if we would have said it, I think we would have talked about it. Yeah, rest in peace, Virgil. Virgil of Blah, Ghanaian, uh, fashion designer, DJ, trailblazer, design person. You know, best friends with Kanye West, worked with him early on in his, you know, graduation, late registration, college dropout days, um, was the the head was the head of Louis Vuitton, um, owner and, and founder of the off white brand. Um and just hip hop hip hop loved him and he was a he was a trailblazer of fashion and he, he laced a lot he put listen, if you wear some type of Louis V it's probably some shit that Virgil designed and created because over the last two years, he's had Louis V hotter than fish grease. So rest in peace to, uh, to Virgil. Prayers to the family. Prayers to everybody who loved and cared about him. Gone but never forgotten, man. That's a tough That's a tough hit to take for hip-hop community. Um, 
So back to back to Nick Cannon real quick before I get into personal development for for or the lack of for you niggas. I'm gonna need black folk to stop criticizing shit that you don't understand. I'm gonna need y'all niggas to stop talking on things in scenarios you've never been in. You know what I'm saying? If you have a death in your family tomorrow and it's your child and it happens while you're at work, you might not have a job that's going to let you take Saturday off if you work on Saturday. You might not have a job that lets you take Monday off if you have the weekend off and you got to go back in and clock in and go back to the money on Monday or Tuesday or any other fucking day. So what I'm going to need for you niggas to stop doing is speaking on shit that you have no fucking idea what you're talking about. I, I Everybody who listens to this podcast know Kick Nannon is not one of my favorite people, but he's part of the culture. He's integral to the culture for a multitude of reasons. That's my nigga. I'm still on too. Um, and I need, like, it's, it's Nick Cannon. It's Nick Cannon, y'all. Like, Nick Cannon can do no wrong in the eyes of a lot of people, which is why he's in the position that he's in. But for you motherfuckers to get on social media, on, on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook. What were some of the things they were saying? I'm about to tell you right now. And have the audacity to question why this man decided to go to work the following day and do his talk show. The nerve of you niggas, man. How could you go to work? Your son just died. Why are you at work talking about it? Why aren't you with his mom? Why aren't you this? Why aren't you that? Do you motherfuckers not understand that this nigga Nick Cannon is not a regular human? Do you guys not understand that he has a contract? For hundreds of listen employees. Dog. People's lives. Dog. He's not a regular person. So you regular niggas questioning his love for his five-month-old baby because because he went to work the next day? You know what it is, Wally? It's because they they expected him to hurt to the point where he couldn't show up to any any function. They expected him to display his hurt in that way. Yeah, because he hurts. He was crying on the fucking air. His fuck. If you watched his last Breakfast Club interview, which was like in the beginning of October, Nick Cannon wants to have 10 children. 10. He wants to keep fucking and having more babies. He's been doing his little research. I don't know whether he what books he's been reading, but he knows about the potency of black balls and African things and tribes. And he really wants to have his own tribe. This is a hit to him in more ways than one. And for people to sit there and accuse this man of being insensitive. You know what it is, bro? Like, that's wild. Y'all have no idea. Like, none. Zero. Go ahead, bro. I, Get your shit off. Listen, I think people people haven't gotten comfortable. Behind to, the screen? To being disrespectful, to being too vocal about things that they don't understand. Bro. Niggas, done, niggas never made a billion dollar TV show. Lost it, got it back. That's Nick Cannon. You know, you That's know, Kick Nannon. Uh-huh. Like, for example, <laughs> easy, bro. Like with me, 
me personally, I would have to be away from all of that to deal with. Bro, me too. Me too. For you? Me too. You know what it is? I think you would have to be away from it, but if you had to do it, I believe you can do it. If there's anybody around, like my friend circle, I feel like you can do it. Because, I agree. Because you have yeah. that, that you have that type of professionalism. I appreciate where, that. Where I'm saying, I'm saying two claps. I'm saying, I'm saying was it like where you can go ahead and do it and still hurting, but still push through. Push through. Yeah. Me personally, I don't want my, my mindset. I don't want to talk. Yeah. When I'm mad, when I'm upset, when I'm dealing with hurt, I don't want to talk. I don't want to post it. I lost my grandmother. I lost my father. I didn't post it. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows other than the people that called me and spoke to me in the last year. You had to grieve. I'm saying I grieved how I grieved because we all grieve differently. I'm saying me personally, I couldn't do that. What, how Nick can handle it, I couldn't do it. Word. But do I look at him? You don't judge him because he made a decision. Him, but that's the difference, bro. You got millions of people. How could he do this? Your son just died yesterday. Yeah. Why are you on TV the next day? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You don't, you don't love his mom? Why aren't you with his mom? Where are your other kids? Why are you consoling them? The they lost a little brother. And the mom has nothing to do with the situation as far as what's going on at the moment. But people are going to do that because this is social media. With him. Yeah. This You're right. Media. Whatever Nick is feeling and however he grieves. Yeah. How like, there are people it. who lose family members that they're not that close to that go to work the next fucking day. Yeah. That happens. I've done it. You know what I'm saying? When my brother died, I found out at work. I stayed at work. Next day, went to work. Yeah. My brother died six weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm just trying to understand like where, where the fucking where the judgment comes from. Because and I and again, like I was telling Bree in the last segment, I know where it comes from. Niggas is losers. They want something to talk about because their lives are trash. They're not millionaires. They're nowhere near as, success, as successful and as they want to be. And it's just a talking point for them. And but it's real life for Nick and Alyssa right now. There's a comfortability when you when, when you speak and when you put on certain things on social media. And you can have that comfortability as long as you don't have enough people around you to point out. Like, for example, some of the people that made the comments that they made about Nick Cannon, they're not around him. Where you can actually pinpoint what they said. Yeah, he'll never see any of them. You know what I'm and there's also not enough people around us watching their stories to really like put. Okay, I know who this person is. Okay, you should hold them accountable for what he said. Sometimes it happens like that, but it's, there's not enough of it. And this is why, for example, with me, when I post on social media, I turn off my comments. So you're gonna do two things when you see my post. You're gonna like it. You're gonna keep scrolling. The two choices I'm giving you. I'm not going to give you the platform to speak on me. Because if you speak on me, I'm going to be mad. And I'm the type of person, when I get mad, I got to do something. And whether it's a female or man, if it's a female, I'm not going to argue with you. After we have a certain conversations, I got to do something to you. If I can't do something to you, I got to get away from you. Because I can't do nothing to you because you're a female. If you're a man, if I can't touch you, I can't physically hurt you, then I can't go but keep going back and forth with you. So I'm not going to even notice in that conversation. So if you see most of my posts, I turn off my comments. And you're going to do two things. You're going to like it or you're going to keep scrolling. That's it. And I think that's what a lot more celebrities, more people in general have to do. If you don't want people in your life like that. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So if you don't want people to comment on your stuff, turn your comments off. Like it or see, keep them up. I'm moving. a little different because I would... 
I would welcome the conversation mm-hmm. and then depending on the outcome of the conversation, decide whether or not I even want you to be able to see my stuff. Okay. Because if you if it, if you got two choices to like it or leave, yeah, then at some point everybody gotta leave. Yeah. Yeah. But somebody's for, not gonna like for my peace of mind, I read I would rather have for my peace of mind. I agree with that because a thousand percent. I think that's a great tactic. There's certain things that you don't know what I'm thinking or what I'm but, feeling for me to give you that. Point so of view. my thing is I won't post personal stuff. Right. I don't really like it. What Nick Cannon did, I respect it. I respect it in unto uh, the highest regard because I couldn't do it. And just to you know just to clarify, this wasn't just in the comments. Yeah. It wasn't on his Instagram or his Twitter. This was just people commenting on it on Twitter. Yeah. Like they saw that he went to work. It's not Twitter. It's, it probably was on Shade Room or on Ball Alert. That too. It was on the comments on, was, on you, those it platforms. Was, it was on platforms. all of it. And it wasn't. Nick Cannon didn't that, post the video of him crying on his Instagram yeah. while he was on his show. Yeah. Everyone else did. Yeah. Shade Room, Media Takeout, fucking uh, Jason Lee's page. The, all of those The right thing to say that. is, I'm sorry for your loss. God bless. Yeah. That, that, that's what you think. Prayer hands. Five prayer hands. Oh, you pray hands. Prayers, Nick. Well, let me, nothing let me, more, nothing less. I have a theory as to why people do this, right? Okay. My theory is that when somebody is in the spotlight, right? Yep. It is assumed that they have a certain level of perfection. And everybody's ideals differ, but usually you can place it on one side or the other. Okay. Right? So with certain people, I feel like if he didn't display the love that they would have wanted to see for themselves or someone they loved, they're going to judge him. But they judge, because them, it's, they judge them regardless. It's easier to judge him. Yeah. yeah. So it's easy to make yourself on what you feel is a more a higher moral level than someone that everybody puts a spotlight on. Yeah. Either way, people are trash. My, I agree. But from my understanding, they judge them regardless. Yeah. Cut it. Don't move, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, oh, they, Nick, how could you go judge, to work? They judge harsher for people who are in the spotlight. Because because that from that point of view, I would have handled it this way. How come you're not handling it this way? Yes. Exactly. So they feel themselves to be more You have to you have to take out your personal People won't do that. What you would do. How much how many times a day do you do that? Do you detach yourself from your personal emotions? I do that all the time because what I do for work. I have to. So you minimalize like I do. I can't take per- I, I can't I can't take things personal if I take personal I gotta do something to you. Yeah. So if I can't do something to you, I need to get away from you. Word. You know what I'm saying? So Word. That's so you do that every day with work and your social life. Work, work social work, life, that's how I have to look at it. If I if I feel like you could hurt if I, if I feel like you could hurt me, I have to take that away from you. That's a power that you shouldn't have. Right? Wonderbar. Yeah, I'm saying like I have to take that away from facts, you. Facts, yeah. Because if you could do that to me, man. The damage imagine, you like to do imagine, imagine the ones like imagine what I can do with myself. Yeah, the damage imagine you can do to yourself. Is the person I go to bed with, I mean, I can do. Yeah, facts. If you can do that to me, yeah, and it's and it's all about being secure you know in their own body. Like I, I've literally had people hit me up my DMs. Yo, how come your comments is off? I wanted to say something, and I told them like, yo, you can like it because this is a happy moment for me. If I post this, this might be a happy moment for me. This could mean this could be me expressing myself. Yeah. So like it. If you ain't gonna like it, keep it moving. I'm not mad at you either way. 
But at least I know I'm in control of my situation. Word. Yeah, and, and I get I, that. And I would rather keep it like that. I'm yeah, that. for sure. Because at the end of the day, I have to deal with my problems. But you see how nosy motherfuckers that. come lurking? Hey, why are your comments off? Yeah. And they've always been off since yeah. they had this page. I, my I comments have been off. Know, for, I'd like, rather know who year. I'm dealing with. Yeah. I feel like with the comment section for me, it allows me to know who I'm dealing with. Yeah. And, and I can see that and I respect it. Yeah, yeah. I can see why you would do that because it's a... It's. I feel like it's, it's a defense mechanism for me. Yeah, it, it stops people from being able to get close enough close to you to me, make yeah. you feel like, like you could. If you I, could like for example, that you I, work for. I don't mind him being close. I don't mind Corey being close. I don't mind my other friend Jose being close. I don't mind a bunch of other people being close. But I can't let people that's not around me consistently be close to me. Even though me and Wally hasn't been like hung out that consistently. Yeah. To me, he's just as close as any of my other friends yeah. because I've allowed them to be there. Your bond is so strong, you don't have to see yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of things that don't need to be said because they're already understood yeah. with close. It's been that way for like seven, eight years now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and a lot of that came after what happened to Light Skin. Yeah. Unspoken rule. We both, it wasn't even, we didn't have to talk about it. The nigga who was the fucking common denominator in that whole scenario, yeah. it was like, that nigga is dead to yeah. everybody. Yeah. Starting with us. You keep fucking with him, that is your choice. Yeah. But you already know what he's about. You keep doing that, next time you'll be dead. You know what I'm saying? But the only nigga that saved me from jail that night was this nigga. And if Coop wasn't driving <laughs> and his car wasn't right behind us, I would have went to jail. I would have went to jail because I was about to beat his ass in front of the cops. Corey can't tell you that because that nigga was too busy, sliced up, bleeding, Eye swollen, fucking beat us, shirt ripped. You see that you was, was you see that movie Hitch? Yep. That's Cold, how we look. That's how we look. My boy after the Benadryl. Like Crazy. I never seen like no that. shit like that before. Not from none of my I've seen it in boxing. I've seen it in the UFC. Them niggas almost gave him cauliflower air. And he was like, yo, I'm straight. I'm straight. Nigga, no, you're not. Look yeah. at your yeah. face. Was was it? There's certain things you just grow up with. There's certain things you see. There's certain things you go through that make you who you are. But at the same time, it makes you be conscious of which one to accept, which you're not willing to accept. Like I, that's that's just my mindset. I I can argue with you for a certain extent. I can't keep arguing with you because it does me no good. It does you no good. Yeah, and it makes you both fools. And what? Well, I also think there's a difference between dialogue, debating, and arguing. For sure. And I agree. Okay. Okay, I can see when that. dialogue becomes debating and we can't agree to disagree, it becomes yeah. an argument. Yes. Yeah. And where do you draw the line? I draw the line at. Well, actually, just draw to agree to disagree. Cool. I yeah. draw a line. You I can do that, but there's some people that just doesn't want to accept that, especially if they're in a drunk state of mind. Yeah, people. Drunk people gotta win. You see what I'm saying? A lot of drunk people drunk they gotta people win. gotta win. Even when you put your hands up and say, "Okay, I'm done." I'm not gonna do this no more. They're still doing this. Yeah, bro. And how much of those are you gonna take before you say, okay, enough is enough now? Now you touched me too many times. Yeah, uppercut. Oh my God. You, you, you see what I'm saying? So you gotta understand a person. Like, for example, with me and my friends, like most of us, I have a lot of different relationships and I'm the main puzzle in the middle for most of my friends' relationships. I'm saying? Like, you're the hub. If I'm not in the middle, Corey and Wally could chill together. But you wouldn't see some of my other friends with them. 
if I'm staying near them, you won't see my other friends around us because I'm the person in the middle. You're the hub. And it, I'm okay with that. But at the same time, you learn to adjust to a particular lifestyle and a particular people you keep around you. Mm-hmm. And you, you just got to make it make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, I chill all my friends individually, and it's never a different feeling. Like, I have the same feeling with all my friends because I know all my friends. So you have to know the people around you. Word. And as an individual, that's the most important because what he just described is what I talked about on this podcast a thousand times. I am the hub of every circle that I'm in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You are the only person that I know whose social circle is not identical to mine. Uh-huh. All of my Isaac, Val, my brother, Lightskin, you, uh, Thompson, yep. Bree, Stuck, yep. everybody that I know, and that's, and that's you could call it genius, <laughs> or you could just call it coincidence, but I make sure that everybody that I love knows each other. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if y'all get along. Yeah. You're going to know each other. You make that distinction whenever you need to. You make your own decision in terms of if you two want to fucking spend time together and, and, and go on a f- friendly walk. It's on y'all. Yeah. But one of the things that makes me comfortable and secure in our relationship is knowing that you guys are all familiar at least with the names that are in my timeline. No Going back to what we talked about on the pod several, like a year ago, year and a half ago. No everybody is going to know everybody, like the Avengers, nigga. You know what I'm saying? In this shit, I'm Tony Stark. Yeah. Like with you, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, you're Wally's friend. So I adjust to whatever, whatever's going on, I adjust to when I walk in, whether it's his house, your house, I adjust to you as a person because I should know from what Wally, what Wally keeps you at, that's what I'm going to respect you at. I'm saying, like, I don't make my judgment just based off of just my solo judgment. Your shit. Even, yes. though, even, even though I could, but I'm not going to do that because he vouched for you. Yeah, I hold her in high regard. You see what I'm saying? Just like so I hold you in high hold, regard. I'm, so, I'm, so, so I'm going to hold to that same regard. So if I'm with you, something pop off right now. I can't leave you like that. I can't. I'm saying, no matter what happens, I can't leave you like that because. Well, she got the strap in the jacket pocket. I, so you don't got to worry about that. That's a good shit. That's a good she does. But I'm not. Even, I'm not even talking about that kind of yeah. violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying, for like, sure. I'm still gonna hold you to the same regards because Wally set that standard for you. Mm-hmm. And for sure. You, and you ain't giving me a reason to look at you differently. So. Thousand percent. I'm saying. So how am I gonna hold that against you or treat you differently? Unless you give me a reason for me to feel like that. Bars, nigga. And that's. I mean that. That's it right there. You know what I mean? Like, that's... It's a power of connection. Like, legitimate connection, though. Yeah. yeah. Because I feel like that's not the same with a lot of people. A lot of people, a lot of people are trash. And that go, that ties into my secret. So what, what were we talking about just now? Uh, we're talking about Nick Cannon. Leave Nick Cannon alone. This is coming from a nigga who loves to bother Nick Cannon. Leave that nigga alone. Rest in peace to Zen Cannon. Little baby, you didn't even get to fucking crawl, speak. All you got to do in this world was eat and sleep. And that five months, I'm sure for your parents and your family was magical. And I, I'm so sorry that you're no longer here with us. God bless the motherfucking dead. But in terms of personal development, right? There's so many people that just don't know who the fuck they are. 
so many, so many. I had somebody tell me today that, uh, you know what I hate? You do this sometimes too. When, um, niggas make disclaimers before they ask questions or they apologize before they ask questions or they denigrate the question before they ask the question. Oh, um, this may seem dumb, but, oh, this might be like out of left field. However, I hate when people do that. And so this morning, somebody did that and was like, you know, it might sound dumb, but like, I really don't know how to meditate. I just don't know. Like I try to do it and like, all of these things are happening and then it just doesn't happen. And like, I don't know how to do it. And it's like, my response to that was, I went on this like long 20, 20 video rant on my story. And I told folk, and only one person responded. Shout out to CS. C was the only person that responded. I said, I can tell within the first five minutes of my conversation with you, whether or not you've been working on yourself. I can tell. That is a skill that I've had for the last Four, four and a half years since I've been at that. It's the, I even before that I had I had signs that I could pick up on, but I know for sure the last four and a half years I can tell just by how you speak and how you present yourself. So I I gave a challenge to people that follow me on IG and I said, listen, for the motherfuckers who claim that they work on themselves by posting all these memes and these gifts and these just an LA boy tweets and all that stupid shit. This is how you prove to me that I know you're doing some some work on yourself and you're really taking some intentional time with your personal development. Explain to me how you feel during the first 15 minutes of you meditating. Inbox me, text me, whatever. Text, I want to know what you feel when you are in the process of meditating the first 15 minutes describe it to me you can send me a voice note you can fucking type it text it call me whatever explain one second bro the only person that responded and that actually gave me an accurate description was sia no one else did it and i'm about to check i last time i checked it was like 90 people that viewed the whole st- all 20 parts of the story and about 80 of those people, women, about 20 of them, all women I either tried to date, wanted to date, have dated, or stopped dating because they didn't do any of that self-work. And I, it's probably at like 140 now. And I'm always right. My gut is always right. The last four and a half years, my gut has always been right. I will bring women on this pod for you to meet them, to validate my rightness. Because <laughs> I already know. The red flag went up three days ago. They don't have no fucking clue. But I say, hey, what are you doing on Friday? Yo, let's go to my podcast. You come on my podcast, be a guest, and then we'll go get drinks after. I'll do that. They have no idea that I'm setting them up. Because I want to see. Yo, You're not making me part of the setup. <laughs> hey, you don't mind, nigga. You don't mind. Now I got to be part of the setup. Yeah, you can make me part of your setup, too. Shit. We, I mean, I'm not using you, I guess. But the content's always great. And it works in our favor. But anyway, Los, what did you have to say, bro? The meditation thing. Yes. Have you done it? Descri- no. Describe to me how you go about it. 
Meditation. Have you done it? You haven't done it. It depends. It depends. How do you go about it? Why don't you tell me that and I'll to, tell you. To me, to me personally, me, me meditation. If I go to bed, for example, mm-hmm. I'll hit up Alexa and say, "Oh, play some meditation music." Mm-hmm. And you just laying back, you fall asleep to the meditation. Got you. And it works for me. That's fine, but that's more of a soothing, comfort. Ease your mind to sleep. Okay. It's not a presence of mind intentional breathing intentional focus mm-hmm. on things that are happening in your brain that you might be unaware of yep. to the point where you get to a place that is so fucking peaceful it feels like you don't deserve to be there mm. i never looked at i never looked at it like that. that's Wait, what it is look at it like that? for me so that's the last what it is. part i never looked at it like the last part but um for me when i'm so yes, the day before yesterday was a rough day, okay. and I felt like so out of control mm, okay. in my body. So I sat for a second, and at first I felt like I was not doing anything, and I was supposed to be doing something, and I said, no, wait, I don't have to do anything. I sat there, and I paused, and I just slowed everything down, and I just sat with myself, and I said, what is the best option for you right now? And I, for a long time, I just sat there. And then I started thinking and started processing after I had it just like slowed down. Yeah. And I was okay with the conclusion that I came to. Okay. So what was the conclusion? You can't control none of this shit, so don't stress it out? Even different than that? Like, that, but also... um. Don't worry, we're wrapping after this. Mm. Got like another five, six. That's okay. Um, but also like everything's not my responsibility. Yep. It, it, it's it, very few things in life are both my fault and my responsibility. Mm-hmm. My happiness is my fault. My my joy is my responsibility. But I'm not responsible mm. or at fault for Yo, say that again. Like my that, happiness that is my fault, but my joy is my responsibility. Okay. Bars. Copyright that shit. He about to steal it. Put it on a t-shirt. I told you. <laughs> Trademark. That's bars, though. But that's how I feel. So at some point, I get to the point of like being disappointed with other people because they don't... Um, think higher or what I perceive as like better mm-hmm. and they miss small things and they miss small details and it's like I'm wondering do you care enough to be doing what you're doing yeah. or are you just doing it for the sake of doing it and that's not my my role to determine Word. my job is to determine where I want to be and when so if I'm in a place where people are doing things that I don't necessarily agree with whether it be like friends family work extracurricular, whatever, if I'm in a place with people who don't think the same way I do or whose morals don't match what I do, it's not my job to change their thinking. No. It's not, I'm not, because I'm not responsible for their thinking. Right. And I can only find the place that works for me. Bars. I agree with that. And here's the thing, Los, you asked a very important question, but it's also very subjective. 
meditation for me works the best when I am still. So like the feeling that I described about getting to that place that I'm seeking when I sit down to meditate and I'm like, oh shit, I'm literally in a, in a space that's either all white, all black, or all green, and it's a pasture. It's like a long field. All you can see in the distance is the sun. There's no other humans. There's no bugs. There's no life. There's no nothing. And I'm just standing there, bro. And it's it's infinite quiet. Yep. There isn't even white noise. There's nothing. It's just me. And I'm looking around like, what the fuck? But it takes 15 minutes of your mind scrambling all kinds of thoughts you ain't never thought of thoughts that you had from 17 years ago about maybe trying to kill yourself the girl that fucking that dubbed you when you were in 10th grade fucking the the, the first time that you had your car broke down but you just came from the club and now you gotta wait three hours for the for triple a so many thoughts are going through your brain literally thousands upon tens of thousands of thoughts I just for that 15 minutes as you're struggling to regain focus and just be still. That's the whole point of it. You focus on your breathing. Your thoughts are going to do what they do because that's what your mind is like. Nigga, you're sitting still. What the fuck? Let me just hit you with all this shit so you can get up and go play video games or go watch a movie or go fuck a bitch or Whatever. Your brain doesn't want to be still. Your brain is, cus- is accustomed to just being I think, loose. I think trauma teaches 100%. You that sitting still is dangerous. <laughs> and yeah, your brain is accustomed to not being still. That's why the Buddhists can fucking levitate and they can catch bugs with their fingers and all this other wild shit that if we saw, we'd be like, what? Because they are still in silent for weeks at a time. Yeah. They don't say shit. I finished Will Smith's book this week. I finished it on Monday. I was, I was, Phenomenal. Because I, I, have, I have different types of emotions I'm listening to between it. Bro, and I finished Friday it, man. And, and I don't want to spoil it for you, but if you got Audible credits, get it on Audible, listen to it on audio. He, it's phenomenal. He's the one who reads it. He's phenomenal. So it's a bro. different thing when you listen what is to it the person who wrote Will. it. Will. Will. Will by Will Smith yeah, and Mark Ronson. Mark Ronson is just a nigga who helps all celebrities write their memoirs. He's like a professional editor. But, bro, I finished that shit, and he did a silent retreat. He did it for nine days or some shit like that. Well, first time he did it, he tried to do it for eight days, but he fucking failed after six. But I think I could do that. I don't know if I can. I'm listening to him talk about it, and I'm like, I don't fucking know. The only reason why I think I could do that is because when I was younger, I used to not talk to anybody but my sister. Bruh, it'll be real hard for me to be silent and stay in a fucking bomb-ass luxury retreat-type room for a week. That'd be a lot. But I'm listening to him talk about all this shit, and I'm like, yo. So that's basically forced meditation. That's what it is. It's forced meditation. Because if you can't, this right now is helping me get ideas out of my fucking head. You take this away from me and you say, no, you have to be quiet. No cell phone, no television, 
no video game system. The only thing you can have is your iPad or your tablet, and that's so you can read in silence books, audio books. Oh, I would have such a good time. Bro, that's the only thing he had was his fucking iPad. And I'm like, fuck, I'm not there yet. I need another, maybe in three years. And so when I read that, I was like, fuck. You know what I got to do now? I got to intentionally take days off to be in silence. Cook for myself if I don't want to cook. Have money so I can order food online. Have it delivered. No contact. Go down, pick it up. Go back to my fucking room. Go for a walk. Ignore my cell phone. Like I'm have I'm have to practice that shit. Yeah. That's a lot. Every now and again, I just delete Facebook. I don't have Facebook. I haven't had Facebook on my phone since twenty nineteen. And I delete Instagram. And I'll tell. As you should. Those apps are. I'll down. tell my family members that I'm just going to take a day for me. Yeah, detox. I'm not gonna answer my phone. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do that. And they're like, okay. Detox, man. It's trash. But yeah, man. So meditation is important. Working on yourself, personal development is important. Self awareness is huge, and you need to build your emotional intelligence to be able to understand who the fuck you are as a person. There's a lot of people out here faking the funk and pretending that they know, but they don't fucking know. If you knew who the fuck you were, how could I read you within three minutes and have you second guessing all of your values? Think about that. I've done this to therapists. Real deal. Went to went to school. Master's degree. Doctoral degree. You met one of the four women that I'm talking about. She was here for my birthday. You met some of the women that are supposed to be so smart. Did all this research. First 10 minutes of a conversation. I'm like, wait, you have this and this, don't you? Oh, my God. How do you know? Because I listen to you, stupid. Niggas are listening that poorly that they couldn't come to this conclusion within the first 10 minutes of talking to you. It's because all they wanted was pussy. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about pussy. I've had pussy a million times over. Sex is trash. That's not what deals me in, nigga. What's going to make me sit at the poker table and play a game I don't know and put all of my money on the line? As somebody who is self-driven, motivated like a motherfucker, is a courageous mom. Like, you got to have courage. You can't be no punk bitch. I ain't no punk bitch. <laughs> I ain't no punk bitch neither. Chris Tucker in, in Rush Hour 1, nigga, with the Asian nigga. I can't, like, there's so many different, like. I remember that scene. So yo, that. I ain't no punk bitch. He said. Chinese food, no soul food here. <laughs> this nigga said Chinese food. I ain't no punk bitch either. <laughs> I ain't no punk bitch. I ain't no punk bitch. That shit was hilarious. But that's the thing, like, niggas don't even be thinking about that, bro. They don't. It's like, you gotta know yourself out here. Because if you don't know who the fuck you are, what your morals are, what your values are, your cultural, ethnic, but it doesn't matter. You don't know what the fuck you stand on. You are going to be so easy to manipulate. Well, the other side of that is also understand that you grow every and change every single day. So it's a constant journey to consistently know yourself. And that's why you got to constantly read, constantly meditate, constantly work out, constantly meet new people, constantly fucking like, you know what I mean? Like, for next year, I got to learn how to speak Yoruba. 
I've been putting it off for three years. Next year, I'm gonna start. What about what is that? That's the language that I, that they speak in my village, in Nigeria. Do you understand certain things? I if if somebody's talking to me directly, yeah. I'll get the gist of what they're trying to tell me to do, and I'll do it. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of that shit is if they, AJ, umbamba sinunya andonta. No, hell no. Neither one of us speak it. We were talking about that last you week. You understand it? You just don't speak it. If niggas point to me and say some shit, I'm gonna get up, and I know it means move. Yeah. Try to figure it out. <laughs> nigga wants a Guinness. Nigga wants a Heineken. Nigga wants me to get a pillow, fluff it up, put Context it in behind. Context body language. Yeah, that's Majority it. Of communication is nonverbal. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, but I'm going to teach myself how to speak that shit next year. And it's going to take a long time, but I'm going to force my father to speak it to me. I think that's the easiest way for me and him to bond in the wake of the new reality of him not no longer having a wife. So I figured if I bust my ass and try to teach myself how to speak this language and I study it for real, for real, that'll be something that brings us closer. Um, it's 11.22. We got to get to our next destination. So we're going to wrap here. Last minute words, thoughts. Bree, you go first. Los, you go first. Wole, we'll sign us off. Bree, what last minute things you want to say? First off, cool, we missed you, nigga, even though I dissed you at the beginning. Kapew, kapew. I'll see you in like 10, 15 minutes in real time, though. So you'll be he's, all right. He's used to being smacked around a little bit. That's um, hilarious. <laughs> That's fucked up. That's fucked up. No, he, yeah, y'all smacked him something good. You're like, you're going to listen to me and Stash, eh? <laughs> <laughs> beat your ass, see? Kitchen uh, sets on just for men, see? Or oh, they're not just for girls, see? You guys were killing him. And he killed himself. He walked into a lot of that shit. His goofy ass. Um, <laughs> he a anyway, goof. Um, I think my son won't be gay, but he might be gay if I get him a kitchen set. <laughs> Nigga, what are you talking about? You just said... Never mind. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bri. <laughs> I just... The whole time, bro, I'm just like... <laughs> This guy's wild. It's been an interesting week, but overall, it just showed me that it's a uh, time of transition. Word. Um, and every time it's time for transition, some things start to happen. Things get shaken up. You know, life is a series of valleys and peaks, and you can't appreciate the peaks without first experiencing the valleys, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. As usual, tell a friend. Yep. To tell a friend. Mm-hmm. To tell their mother. The whole mom. Or the person in their life who talks the most. It's probably their mom. Could very well be their uncle. That too. But. About the pregame podcast. Yeah. You have to. I, I know a lot of people who got an uncle who tells everybody's business. And that nigga ain't got no wallet. He don't got no driver's license. Just tell that person that will tell everybody something about about it. So basically, tell the Charlie Murphy character in Lottery Ticket Samaj. Tell the Samaj of your family to tell everybody about the pregame podcast because the whole project will know. Everybody will know. 15 minutes. Word. Uh, We need more (laughs) black creators to be promoted. Yes. And we need more Lemon Pledge. we need more. Um, we need more people who are actually talented to be places. So we gotta promote each other. Yes, that's true. Is that it? 
Oh, also, there's a a, a poetry show at Alchemy next week. What day? It's on Tuesday. What date? Tuesday, to, uh, December fourteenth. How much is it? Ooh. Yeah, see. Yeah. You're going to try to promote yeah. something. You don't got the date down or the motherfucking money, nigga. You don't got to put me out on front street. Hey, man. I'm just trying to make sure you get your money, dog. I think it's $10. Well, honestly, this is not my event. Um, You're getting paid, though, right? No, this is not my event. Oh, then fuck it. Walk in there. Come in there 16 deep. We're walking in there together. We ain't paying shit. Because, nah, I'm playing some of the artists I like. We can go in there deep. And then pay the cover, but like bake a cake or something for Brie, and then give her twenty six dollars because we want our nigga to thrive. But right. um, it's December fourteenth at doors open at seven p.m. and tickets can be purchased on Eventbrite. For how the event much? is out, outspoken too. Tickets range from ten dollars up until twelve dollars on the day of the event. Got it. So, twelve dollars, you cheap bastards. Low so, in case you ain't no so, sign off, man. Thank you, appreciate it if you guys having me. Hey man, you better speak up with weight like. <laughs> Was I had a good time? You know, I mean, I appreciate. You know, it's been a while since I've been out here. I mean, to me, at least over a year. Yeah, it's been way more yeah, than a year. Yeah, two years at least, probably. Uh, we did Lyskin's crib maybe during COVID. It was a so about eleven minutes, eleven months ago. 11 months, yeah. So I appreciate like it. Had a good time with you guys over here. Brie, I didn't know you was Cape Verdean. It changes everything. Uh, so it was, it was good to have a conversation. And knowing that made me more comfortable to even come out here and have a conversation. Oh, my God. This know. nigga's phony. <laughs> you were already on here. No, 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 but, you know. He wasn't on here in my house. No. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I never been here. First time. Oh, yeah, true. True, 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 true. Learned a lot. And, it's, you know, you guys have some good topics to talk about. We only we only did four. We still did an hour and forty one minutes. Actually, we only did three, but it is what it is. Me and Bree are nice at this shit, man. Two claps. Kind of like building trees off of specific topics. And it just goes places. Yeah, man. Yo, so Wale here. Thank you to my amazing co-host Queen Bree Bree, aka Bristol Soldier, aka Bristol with the Soldiers, aka Bree Bree Speaks. Shout out to Coop. From wherever the fuck he's at, shout out to our guest, our special guest, my man Carlos, aka Loso, in case you didn't know so. Yeah, man, Red Velvet, that nigga will be back next week. And we do have a special guest joining us next week. It's uh, my man Motormouth, aka Chris. He said he wants to join us next week. So that's going to be interesting. Oh, you putting it on wax? I'm putting it on wax. I already talked to the brother today, man. If he wasn't in Cali, he would have been here today, and that would have been a lot. But he's coming next week, so we have to prepare and make sure that we have all our ducks in a row. Because you know that nigga about the he about the wet of rubber off the mic. Pause. Um, <laughs> love y'all. Episode two forty five of the pregame. We'll see y'all motherfuckers next week, dog. And oh, Bree, just so I say it, on the pod, so you don't forget, we're doing the year end wrap up for twenty twenty one. Top ten albums, hip hop and R and B only. You ready? You better get ready. We'll highlight y'all, man. Peace.